Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. Hi y'all, Carrie D here. Yeah, it's crunch time. Can you believe it's almost May? Now for many of you who don't school year round, this means the end of the school year is just around the corner. As I say that, I'm sure that makes many of you smile, but it probably is causing some of you some stress too. I can hear it now. We have so much left to do and not enough time to do it. How in the world are we going to finish it all before school year ends? And I don't want to do tons of schoolwork during the summer. We need a break. So in this week's episode, we're going to realistically and practically figure out what you need to tackle in the next month so you can not only end the year before summer, but you can end the year strong. Now, every year when I got to this point, I learned how to release my stress and burdens by asking myself three simple questions. First, What absolutely needs to be done before the school year ends? Meaning, what are my must-dos and have-tos? Second question, what can we take a break from for the rest of this year and then continue and pick up next year? Meaning, what can I just save for later? And the third question, what can we completely stop and drop now? Meaning, what can we cut out and skip altogether? Now, first, if you have a homeschool mission statement, this is the time of the year to take that baby out. Your homeschool mission statement reminds you why you're homeschooling in the first place. What are your homeschooling goals for this year? What are your homeschooling goals for the long haul? Now, the great Yogi Berra once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll absolutely arrive someplace else. Y'all, at the end of our homeschooling journey, We want to end up where we envisioned we would. And this is why we need to plan with the end in mind. So why are you homeschooling? The answer to this question will help you plan at the beginning of each year and will help you prioritize your schoolwork at the end of each year. Now, our mission statement was super simple. It went like this. At the end of our homeschooling journey, we wanted our children to love the Lord, love each other and those God placed in their path, and love learning. So in May, I took out our mission statement and I would ask, how are we doing in these three areas? Are the kids enjoying learning or do they hate learning right now? And if so, why? What's their relationship with God like and with others? Have our devotions and family prayers and worship been taking a back seat lately? Are the kids not getting along with each other? And if not, what can I do about that? These were the things that were most important to us and why we were homeschooling in the first place. So that is where I put most of my attention during the last month of homeschooling. I also use Mark Twain's quote as our homeschool motto and as my 
goal, especially during this crunch time. Never let schooling get in the way of education. Y'all, sometimes the biggest obstacle to meeting our home education goals was me. (laughs) So in order to end the year strong, let's take some time to honestly answer these three questions. Let's start with the first one. What do we absolutely need to do and finish before the school year ends? You know, what are our must-dos and have-tos? Now, I'm going to guess that math was probably the first thing that popped into your mind. So let's honestly look at that. Where are you in the math book right now? Is your child only on maybe chapter 5, 6, or 7, and there's 20 chapters in the book? Well, if so, perhaps math wasn't much of a priority this year anyway, so trying to cram it in now will just be fruitless and very frustrating. If you literally have most of the book left, then just put the math book on the back burner for the rest of the year. Spend the last month playing math games, reviewing the math skills that your child has already learned and mastered. This will help your child end on a positive note with math anyway. Now, many of you probably only have maybe a few chapters left in your math book, but too many to finish before the end of the year. If that's the case, then pick one or two chapters left to cover that you feel are important skills for your child to learn at this age. Does your third grader have to master statistics and graphing? Probably not. Does your fifth grader have to learn about probability and permutations just yet? Again, probably not. It's okay to skip some chapters and only cover the remaining chapters you feel teach the skills your child needs right now at his or her age. It's really okay to not finish the math textbook or workbook. I promise. Now, in hindsight, when you were in school, did you ever finish every chapter in every textbook before summer break? I know I didn't. I was always sent home with workbooks that had tons of pages still undone. And public school teachers are just as frustrated as you write about now. They don't have the time to cover all the crazy and sometimes useless math standards either. So don't feel bad if you don't have the time or energy to cover every page and every lesson and every chapter before the end of May. Now, if your child is in kindergarten through fifth grade and you've been consistent all year long with math, then just call it a day. Trust me, they've learned a lot. Math books are designed to be repetitive. Many of the skills in this year's math textbook will come up again next year and in the years to follow. Trust me, your kids aren't going to miss out. Now, if your student is in high school, then consider giving him or her the final book exam, but use it as an assessment tool, not as their final grade. Look at the skills that your son or your daughter keep getting wrong on that exam, and then go back to those chapters and only review those areas that he bombed or he forgot. And if you and your child are butting heads over math right now, then just put aside the traditional workbooks for the rest of the year and play math games and read math picture books for the rest of the time. All right. When I asked what needs to be completed before the end of the school year and you said English or grammar or writing, I want you to keep in mind that the English standards and textbooks are a lot like the math standards and math textbooks. Many of the grammar, punctuation, spelling, and writing skills will all be covered again and again 
and again for years to come. So instead, let's ask, what do you want your child to be able to do that they can't do as of right now in the language arts? Focus on that skill and only that skill for the rest of the school year. Maybe your kid's younger and she doesn't space out the words correctly on a page when she's writing. Well, then give her some copy work each day and work on that skill of spacing for the rest of the year. Maybe it's driving you crazy that your daughter still can't organize her thoughts in a logical way for a paragraph. Well, then work on that for the rest of the year. Have your child write a few how-to paragraphs explaining how to do things that she loves. This will give her lots of practice in organizing logical paragraphs. Does your child really have to do a spelling program, a writing program, a separate vocabulary workbook, a spelling workbook, a reading comprehension workbook, and a grammar textbook every year? Y'all, it's all part of language arts. They really only need to focus on one of these areas each year. So in May, you don't have to finish all of your writing, spelling, grammar, vocabulary, and reading workbooks. You really don't need to do all the components of language arts each and every year. Pick only one of these areas to finish and stop the rest for the rest of the year. So is your child an awful speller? Then work on that for the rest of the year. Instead of doing pages and pages of punctuation and grammar workbooks, then give them real things to write about during the month of May. Have them write thank you cards to teachers and mentors and coaches. Tell them to write letters to their grandparents, to write in their journals, to do some fun creative writing activities, to write some poetry, or to compile to-do lists and grocery lists. Pick one skill in writing, grammar, or spelling that is irking you or that you feel is important to master this year and work only on that one skill till summer break. Answer the first question, what needs to be finished before the end of the school year? Then pick one, two, and no more than three of those things that you said to concentrate on. If it is math or writing or spelling, then that is what you concentrate on for the rest of the year and only that. Okay, so let's explore the second question. What can you take a break from right now and continue next year? Meaning, what can you save and do later when school starts back up again next fall? Again, let's look at your goals for this school year. What's on your list of things you wanted to learn, do, and accomplish this school year? Now remember, you don't have to master all of it in one year. If you're homeschooling for the long haul, there's always next week, next month, and next year. So what topic, subject, project, or skill can wait till next year? Whatever that is, then take a break from it now and just pick it up in the fall. Maybe for you, it's history. Maybe your goal for this year was to learn about ancient times all the way through Roman times, but you're nowhere near that. Perhaps you're still stuck in ancient Egypt with the pharaohs and the pyramids. Then just stop wherever you are and just pick up where you left off next year. Again, don't feel guilty if you don't finish the textbook. Remember, schools never do. History always repeats itself. And sadly, this is true literally and with the state standards too. For example, in California, first graders learn about important people in U.S. history. In fifth grade, they learn about U.S. history. 
In eighth grade, they learn about U.S. history again, and of course, they learn about U.S. history in high school, too. State standards are arbitrary according to each state. So if you were to move to another state next year, that state would have different expectations and standards for things like history, science, social sciences, and the arts. If you're not where you want to be in history right now, then put your textbooks aside for the rest of the year and spend time in May doing one of my favorite timeline activities. It makes for a great assessment tool and a review activity as well. Use some cash register tape or string and wrap it around a wall in your home. This is going to be your timeline. At the beginning of the timeline, put Genesis 1-1, and at the end of your timeline, put 2023. Now, get a bunch of index cards. Review with your kids all the people and events that they've learned about this year, and discuss some of the current events that happened this year, too. As you review each person or event that you learned about this year, ask your child to illustrate that person or that event on the front of the index card. And then as the caption, write the date. If you have older kids, then ask them to write a few summary sentences about that person or that event on the back of the index card. Then using clothespins or tape, hang the index cards in order on your paper timeline. Spend the rest of the year reviewing what you did learn in history instead of trying to cram all the things you hadn't got to yet. When the timeline is finished, y'all take a look at it you're going to be amazed at just how much your kids really did learn this year in history. This is also a great time to put away traditional history textbooks and go on field trips for the rest of the year instead. Now, maybe you said science was an area that you could take a break from right now and pick up where you left off next year. Remember, those science standards are arbitrary too. There's no rhyme or reason to fifth graders learning about magnets and electricity or about third graders learning about buoyancy and ocean currents. Wherever you are in science, just stop, call it a day, and pick up there next year. Now, if you do decide to keep doing science till the end of the school year, then pick something you can all do together as a family. Nature study is a good one. Spend May exploring and going on hikes with friends. Always aim for the older student. What do you need or want your older student to finish before the end of the year in science and then have everyone else come along for the ride as they learn about it too? Again, this is also a good time to put those books aside and spend the rest of the year going on fun science field trips. Maybe your answer to this second question was art or music history. So whatever artists that you didn't get to this year, or whatever composers you didn't cover this year, they become the first artists and the first composers that you learn about when school starts back up in the fall. Okay, finally, let's tackle that last question. What can you stop now? What doesn't need to be finished? What can actually be cut all together and skipped entirely? What is something your kids just don't need anymore? Okay, Maybe it's violin, maybe it's robotics, maybe it's an art class. If the skill isn't really a priority for you and it isn't really necessary for your child, why continue it? It's just giving you stress. Do you feel you need to finish it or continue it out of obligation? Or maybe it's FOMO, or it's because everyone says that they need to do this particular thing. Ask yourself right about now, What's not working? 
Maybe it's a certain curriculum or a particular teacher they have or an outside class. Is your child hitting his head against the wall because of this particular thing? Is it a source of tension or conflict between you and your child? If so, pray about it and then put it away for good. Like not even put it aside for next year. (laughs) Plan to not come back to it again. Now kids go into survival mode when it comes to schoolwork. They either do fight, flight, or freeze. If your child is not ready for a topic, a subject, or a skill, he may go into survival mode right about now. Maybe she's too young for something. Maybe he's a late bloomer. Maybe the material is too easy or too challenging for your child. And if this is the case, then your child will either go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. Now, if they go into fight mode, then they will argue with you about everything, not just the challenging task or curriculum at hand. If they go into flight mode, then they're usually in constant motion. They ask for water, to go to the bathroom, to play outside, and they continually find a reason to leave the room. They will come up with an excuse to stop. And usually it's not a character issue. It might be your little guy is just feeling dumb because he just doesn't get it. Or your little girl sees the look on your face and how frustrated you are, and she thinks that she's the cause of it. All she wants to do is please you and make you happy. So she will do anything to get out of the situation that she thinks is causing you pain. And then some kids go into freeze mode. This is my particular favorite one. They go into overload mode. It's like that annoying circle on your computer that just spins and spins and spins when it's on overload and it just needs to be turned off and back on. Nothing is going in and nothing is coming out. When our kids get overloaded, they can't think just like our computers can't think. Their brain is frozen. No matter what we do, the computer is frozen and our kids are just like that. The kid in frozen mode will procrastinate. Maybe the topic is math or reading or spelling. Whatever it is, he just freezes. He can't take one more thing or learn one more skill. A child in frozen mode will want to take a nap or do mindless activities or play video games or watch TV. He will want to do whatever it takes to give his brain a break. So what can you stop or drop right now? What is your child just not ready for? Or maybe what doesn't your child even have a passion for? Or frankly, what does your child just not have a gifting for? Is your child in a particular class because you want them in it? Like for example, piano. Or are all of his friends taking a particular class or learning a particular skill like maybe robotics or coding or STEM stuff? And he's doing these classes because everyone else is doing them. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's important for your child or your family. Drop it forever. Or maybe drop it for this season and come back to it way in the future when your child is older and ready for it. You can end the year strong. Once you ask yourself these three questions and plan your last month accordingly, then make sure you end the year on a high note. End the year with a celebration. First, pick a final day, a last day of school, and stick to it. Put it on the calendar, let everyone know when it is, and start the countdown. The excitement will build. 
Plan something special for the last day of school. Maybe it's a special family meal or a special outing or a party with friends or an end of the year school beach day um, or a ceremony with family and friends to acknowledge all your child's accomplishments this year and all the ways that God has blessed your family this past year. As part of your planning, make a summer bucket list with your kids. What do they want to do this summer? Write it down and post it. Hey, it's a writing activity. It will give them something to work towards and to look forward to. So mamas, just breathe. You will not only end this year successfully, but you will end this year strong. You've got this. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining me, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is a perfect book to read. You can purchase it at Amazon or at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. Now, if you heard something you liked or something new, then share a podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a mom friend who is stressed out and feeling overwhelmed. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. This really is the best way to help other moms find our podcast and be encouraged too. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, Homeschooling Consulting Services, podcast, and book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.